Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mike, you starting it? Hey, everyone. Mike's got something to say. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I will be attending my first Major League Baseball game since before the pandemic, so 20, 2019. Are they exciting now? Uh, well, <laughs> Just a joke. Just a joke. I love baseball. Jesus. They're always exciting, Eck, if, if, you, <laughs> if you love the sport, which yeah. you don't. Uh, but no, the, the for the probably next month or two until the Canadian-U.S. border opens up, the Toronto Blue Jays are now the Buffalo Blue Jays. So mm-hmm. I'm going to see a couple games, the Yankees, later in the month. But on Sunday, I'll be going to see the Houston Astros. And I still my, my still have not received my T-shirt, Kevin, that says Houston Asterisks. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and I wish yeah. I could have – I wish I could bring in a plastic garbage pail to bang on. Uh, but, but I have a feeling that Carlos Correa – Jose Altuve, Bregman, a couple—you know—all these guys will get will get booed and jeered. Constantly. You could wear like a hefty bag shirt, Mike. Just pop oh, it over your head, pop out the arms. I mean, you could do that. It's supposed yeah, it could work. To be eighty degrees, Russ. I don't think I want to pay a pass off for heat stroke. Well, yeah, you know <laughs> the thing about about those kinds of things. Like, I don't mind them. I think it's fun, basically, that uh, people. Uh, you know, protest and boo and do things. Uh-huh. But once it goes beyond 20 minutes, I'm done with it. Yeah. And uh, like yeah. it's, then it becomes bothersome. I want to watch the game. You know? yeah. So no, I, I, I just wish that everybody would just agree. Okay, let's do it. And, and, yeah. get, and for like 20 minutes and then we're going to done and settle in. And well, yeah, I, I think I, the first time they're at bat, I think it'll be really bad because, you know, Buffalo is a very heavy Yankee town. Um, and so, uh, so I think it'll be real bad the first it's just a heavy town in general, but that's <laughs> it's kind of heavy town. Oh, shoot, my lady's terrible. That's a really good, Russ. <laughs> and yeah, then, you know, where'd Eckling go? He, he left again. He's, he's, gonna, he's going, going to get the coffee. The coffee. Well, you know, I was just going to bring up like, I don't, um, you know, there aren't many in, in our sports world, and maybe Mike and Russ will. Uh, correct me if they feel, but most all the people I know are all sports fans. Like, you right. know, the people that I know in Michigan, they root for all the sports. And I actually have two people in my life who just mostly are hockey fans. And that's uh, Eck and my buddy, uh, Mike Brown, uh, who I was my editor at USA Today. Yeah. You know, well, he is, just, he, he loves hockey. He knows everything about hockey, but he's not. I mean, it's not that he doesn't pays a little attention, but not much. Well, I, I will. I will find a play. Baseball has a place for me. Okay, like baseball. I I played baseball. I played up to the up to. I was on the little. I was on the Cherry Hill Atlantic Little League All Star team. I played in the whole. I played in the Little League World Series. I was a catcher. I, I liked baseball. And I um, was a star quarterback at the University of I, Delaware. I was a star quarterback at Cherry Hill East uh, yeah. High School. But but no. But I um. But yeah. To me, it's like uh. I, I and I like the sports. I just for watching them for me like. I don't know whether it's like it's just the time commitment. Baseball for me is perfect. Like the other night, I was trying to get a good nap in, and I was like, okay. So, the, and I noticed the it was the the Phillies were on. The, the hockey game hadn't started yet. The game was at seven seven thirty. The Phillies started at seven. I put on the Phillies and I slept for a half hour beautifully, and it was wonderful. That baseball baseball is to me it's always on down the shore. We have a shore house, so all weekend long it'll be on. It'll just be on the television as we walk in and out. So I keep it around. Baseball's around. Yeah, but if, if you're if you're not enjoying the nuances of it and the mental part of it, just turn it off. Eck. It does hurt with my friend buddy Steve down at the shore, though. Like I can't I can't really talk to Steve very much about baseball, and Steve obviously wants to talk baseball with me <laughs> in a huge way because Steve is a huge Phillies fan um, and watching everything. Well, I mean, baseball allows you to like you know if you're doing yard work on a Saturday afternoon, you can have the baseball game in the background and mm-hmm. listen to it, and also I get that part of it. I do. Yeah. But but, but also, like this weekend, this weekend is the first, and this is a crime because it's the first weekend in June, and it's the first Red Sox Yankees matchup. And we know Russ that those games will take 
23 hours. But but it's they the first, it's the first time all year, you're two months into the regular season. It's the first time that the Yankees and the Reds that's a crime. Usually they play in the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah. All right. We're going, but I will say this. I think I do agree that the NBA does totally suck. Like the NBA, I can't take it all. Like that's the one for it. Turn off the TV, folks. LeBron is out. The Knicks. Yeah, that's what, that would have been my pre-show. That's but yeah, the, the NBA, I'm not in anymore yeah. either. I, I'll talk to guys. I like interviewing players. Uh, I am not going to sit and watch games. Just I, I grew up with a different game. That's really yeah. the way it is. It's a completely yeah. different yeah. game now. Yeah. That's really tough to do. That's really tough to do. Um, uh, Yeah, for sure. But I like football. Well, I, I, the same is true in all sports, though, Russ, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Well, you and that's sport. the point where if I see a guy traveling, they overlook it. If I see him moving his pivot foot, they're like, yeah, you can move your pivot foot a little bit. Like, it's just, it, there's too much yeah. there. There's too much there. Yeah, no, but it, I, I think all sports. true of all sports, but there's too much. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that I think that the summary for me is like since I work in hockey, I, I was more big big of a fan of the other sports before I started working in hockey because I think working in hockey, like I have a certain amount of my life that goes to the kids, to my wife, and to sports. And to sports, if I'm doing, if I'm watching sports at all, like I feel, I do start to feel weird about it if I'm not doing hockey in that period of time because I should be writing because my hockey's twenty four seven three sixty five for us. So it's it's a kind of like. That's sort of my feeling on it a little bit too. I don't know. That might well, be you know, what the the sport that's undergone the the biggest change, in my opinion, just in terms of the way it's played, is football. And you know, really, yeah. it's almost two hand touch for the quarterback now. You know, you it's can't close. really. It's close. Yeah, you can't go ahead. But saying all that, when it first started, it was so shocking to me that I had you know, I, I there was so many come ons as I was watching a football mm. game. But now, yeah. I, you know, I'm totally on board with that. I get it. You know, yeah. you got to protect those yeah. guys because I don't want to see the backups play. You know, it was interesting when I lived in France and I lived over, and I was talking to a lot of people from North. And I lived in France for a while in Marseille, and I was I was around a lot of North Africans who, like you know, they knew American sports from what they saw on TV over there. And the one thing that they all said beyond a doubt is that football is a beautiful sport. That they would all say it's beautiful to watch. They thought that just on television. Um, American, American football or, or American football? football? No, no, it's American, a TV sport. It American is. football, they thought was beautiful to watch yeah. on TV. They said the colors, the grass, everything, the helmets, the uniforms, everything. They said they loved the way it looked. And when I tried to talk about hockey, they're like, "Yeah, it doesn't look too great." It's, the, it's the perfect um, camaraderie game for you and your friends, or you and, in my case, it was me and my son when we yeah. go to the games because there's 11 sec seconds of action. Yeah. And then Thirty seconds to converse about it. Yeah, and then yeah. more seconds, and then thirty <laughs> seconds to convert. And it's it really, it's really good. That's why it was set up for the internet ahead of time. Like it was set up for like what we would eventually have on the internet. Like right. football was basically like that. Let's discuss every single thing that happens. Football's there. That's why baseball is great because there's time in between right. where you can where you can like reach into a bag and eat some peanuts or, or 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 sunflower seeds and then talk about the game or talk about something else and then you turn around and there you go it's right there. Well, in hockey, you can't yes. even make a plate of nachos and get into an overtime. It's like crazy. Well, you, you can't do that. And the other thing too is is like and I've I've uh, I marvel at you guys because you carry on this texting conversation. <laughs> I can't do that. Like when oh, I'm watching the game, I'm watching the game. I, I, I just can't I can't I can't text with you guys. I'm sorry. We are, that's all right. We are novices right. compared to the generation below us, Kevin, because my 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 daughter and then when they're watched, I was you know, we just had five of them over the other night. We set up the big big screen outside. We had this big inflatable twenty-five foot screen and we project onto the projects like uh we were they were watching like James Bond movie or whatever. The entire you know, we have the fire out there, it's beautiful and all and they're on their phones the entire time texting and I'm like and doing their all kinds of things. I'm thinking to myself, you know, you're all here together as friends, right? Right. Um, and then all, but but they are. But this is the thing about that. But that's like the that's like the old person thing to do because they are honestly there as friends, still hanging out, still doing everything they're doing, but they're just able to do that as well. And really, they're com they're completely following the, the plot. Like I'm like, does anyone know what's going on in this movie? Has anyone seen any of it? Like I'm like sitting there thinking to myself, they know everything is happening. It's just yeah. that the multitasking thing that they have. So, like, when next time you say, "Oh, they're not watching it," they are. They're paying attention. I, yeah. I, I, I quiz them. I I'm like, "I'm going to quiz you guys." After, Here we go. After the intros, I, I have just have a breaking story that I think we should talk about briefly before we get into the hockey. All right, we'll see if we can fix it, Mike. Here we go. Um, hello, hockey world. It is Friday, June fourth, two thousand and twenty-one. I'm Michael Agello, and today is the 79th anniversary of the Battle of Midway. 
I'm Russ Cohen, and Mike never talks about anything that's nice or brings a smile to your face before the show ever. I'm Kevin Allen. I just watched Midway for about the tenth time uh, just oh, nice. last uh, Monday. The Charles oh, Destin uh, Henry Fonda one? No, uh, no, the the uh, the modern one. Actually, the modern one was not bad. Oh <laughs> no, no, they're both really good. I, we're going to show at some point today, guys. Right? Like, you know, we're all like, we're all. Like, I think we're all just want to hang out and talk today. I think that's kind yeah, of I, I, yeah. I'm in the same freaking place. Uh, I'm Eckler, and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com, and we are obligated to do a show for you guys. And you're watching Hockey Buzzcast, which comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And first to Mike, Michael Jello in Buffalo with news, now, breaking this, news. This may, this may affect, Sorry. This breaking, may affect all of us in terms of our jobs as reporters. Fantastic. Sports, biz, sports Business Journal is reporting – now, this is the NFL, not the NHL, but it could have uh, effects going forward for other sports. The NFL is expected to keep its locker rooms closed to reporters when teams report to training camp and begin their preseason games in summer. And what is probably a strong indication of what's in store for the regular season, which, Kevin, the worry that I had when we went into the pandemic and we had Zoom calls and sequestering of media away from the players and away from the teams – that the teams would use this as a pretext to make this permanent, and this is what scares me. Yeah, we talked about that, and uh, you know, you know, I, I it wasn't me, but uh, you know, executives from the writers' association had received assurances that uh, this wouldn't be permanent. But I think a lot of us were fearful. Not I've not, I've not heard that in the NHL, um, but um, you could see. I mean, players now have gotten accustomed to that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are other issues beside uh, uh, COVID. I mean, in the past, we've had flu sweep through. Of course, yeah. Um, and it's always, a very, it's always very significant in a locker room setting, as we all know. Yeah. Because there's so many germs in there and everyone gets it. And, you know, I'm always mindful of it. All the years that I've covered the league, you know, in flu season, I made sure I got my flu shot because I knew it was going to run rampant. And you're yeah. in there. And, and it's worse, obviously, for the players because they're, uh, and some of those uh, dressing rooms are really small uh, yeah. on the road. So, yeah, yeah they, they are. They can find space. So, saying all that, I could see the, uh, you know, the Players Association kind of talking about that and said, well, while we're here, let's address, you know, the concerns we've had for a long time. So, I hope it's not that way because, you know, it's going to change everything. Like, you know, there's a legitimate issue in tennis with Osaka um, and, you mm -hmm. um, uh, her mental uh, um, difficulties in dealing with the media. And I'm fearful, even though hers mm -hmm. is completely legitimate, if you read the stories, that yeah. she has difficulty dealing with it, that, that it's going to morph into the idea of, well, should any athlete have to subject themselves to, you know, questioning? Um, uh, and I, I, I worry about that, that they'll take this too far. And as well, I said, where I think, yeah, yeah I'm worried too. Here, here's what I think the fan will lose in this, and I'll tell you why the fan will lose. Because we could get exclusives by walking over to some players and maybe not even talking about that game all that much, but something else that could be an interesting story. You're now losing that. Anything that you have an idea for, it's everybody's idea. So now everybody can write the same story all the time. I heard Teddy Bruschi on ESPN say, well, I kind of like the Zoom calls for the athletes because you have time to prepare, and then the, the media doesn't have an edge. We're not trying to have an edge. We're just trying to get the guy off the field of battle where he'll give us the best, the yeah. best opinion. A lot of times with these Zoom calls, you're getting these guys 5, 10, 15 minutes after they've come off the ice, they've cooled off, and, you know, and it's like it's a different interview. So you're going to lose as the viewer because the more team interviews you get, the worse it will be because most of the time they're boring and they're self-serving for the team and they're not digging into other things. I agree. And, and, and you know, this is a little bit of an inside baseball story for us because of obviously what we do and you don't know how much you guys really care about it, but I, Russ is right when he says that you should care about it because of the fact that, you know, it's the other stories that you can get in there um, beyond just the game stories, you know, now, and, and, and the players like I, 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 I miss like, you know, I, I didn't even, didn't even like what the, what had happened recently, which is more and more when I would go to places, the teams would just bring out three or three guys or whatever. Right. And yeah. when, I first, when I first started covering it, everybody was out there 
And and that was great because you could get the guy who wasn't talking to anybody and you could talk to him for a second and you could get find something. And that was always I would always look for that player. I always look, look for players I thought had a wasn't the obvious star of the game, but had some impact in the game and find him. That's what I would do, you know, because yeah. I don't want to sit in this scrum of 25 other people, you know, like it doesn't make any sense but, to me. Everybody's going to get that story that if there was 25 people there, in my opinion, there's 25 stories being written about it. So I'm like, yeah, just go away. The, the the day of the locker room scrum is over with. I think that's pretty. That's pretty. now if if like well, for example in 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 Toronto they had the locker room scrum and then they had the, the post game with the coach where you're sitting in the media room in chairs. I could see that you know the the the, the compromise being that that's what, what would be for the players and the coaches, but to eliminate all. But in shares is totally a different buy altogether. Yeah, but I mean, the thing like, is, there's there is physical distancing there, and you know, the, well, you know. yeah. Here's here's my take on all that. Yeah. Uh, it it really uh, devolved um, to the point where we weren't getting much anyway out of the uh, yeah um, post games uh, because of the growing popularity of the sport. There's just especially in the major markets. There were yeah. so many reporters that anybody who's ever done a scrum with uh, Sidney Crosby, um, it's absurd. Uh, yeah. you know, there's usually 30 people. They all, you know, you're looking for like an opening to stick your recorder just so yeah. you can listen later and find out what he actually said because you're so layered back. So I have found that it's it become sort of useless anyway. We were all feeding at the same trough. But where we really lose out is in the morning skates, um, and sure. in the practices where there are fewer reporters. Yeah. Um, so you can do as uh, uh, what you guys were suggesting, where, you know, you, you might only have two of you around one player or three yeah. of you because there are several players that everyone's interested in getting. So, yeah, um, I'm not so worried about the games. I, you know, that has to be had. I long have lost interest in, in doing that. There's so many people and like in Toronto, there's just way too many people covering yeah, it. Yeah. I'll give you the other, yeah, I'm with other you. slippery yeah. slope here, too. The other slippery slope is, so let's, let's say Justin Bieber is at the Leafs game. Is he allowed in the locker room? He probably is. And and that's yeah. gonna, when those things start to happen, and they will happen because they happen on the NF, in the NFL, too. Sure. Guys are on the sidelines. When buddies and things like that start to happen and, and the media finds out they've been parading through the locker room and everything else – that's when there's going to be real, like, yeah, you know, outrage. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, no, but uh, but even but, but even athletes get tired of that. I, you know, I, I remember in the Gretzky uh, situation out in L.A. when it, you know you went into the, the King's locker room and it was a who's who of Hollywood. It looked more like an yeah. Oscar party. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom Hanks would be in there and Costner and Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. And, um, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. I mean, there's just a host of people. Yeah, that's and, true. Um, I, I, I think it got to the point where the players, you know, wish it their locker room was their own again. But, you know? but they can't yeah. cite medical reasons, and I'll tell you why. If you're on the court in the NBA, you are right next to the players, and if you're transmitting something, you're transmitting it right to the players, the referees, and everybody else. So if teams are going to cite health reasons. It's really a weak argument when well, we have, I, I have no problem. I don't think anybody would have a problem with wearing masks in there forever. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's no, fine. I, I think that's perfectly fine. And I think that that's something that they could do. And that would be a justifiable thing. I could say that like, okay, you know, not just for COVID, but like you said, the mumps or whatever else yeah. is flying around in there because, you know, absolutely. I mean, we've all been, you know, none of us has gotten a cold in a year. So that's like an amazing thing. It is. No flu. We've had no flu. In fact, for some of the reporters, the mask would be an improvement. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, yeah. What's really weird to me is uh, <laughs> uh, when you we all put masks on for the first time, how odd it was. Yeah. And then after a while, I, you know, I've had, you know, I did a fantasy baseball draft where we were all in masks all day and got to the end of it. And I realized, you know, I forgot I was wearing a mask. Yeah. I mean, we were all so used to it uh, that it just, you know, like I never really understood the people who said, you know, I just can't take yeah. A mask, you can't. I, I just think they never tried to get used to it, you know. Yeah, well, no, they did have legitimate medical reasons. Why don't we hold off on the Shifley talking? Yeah, we definitely hold off on the Shifley stuff, but let's, I want to start with Boston, Boston, yeah. and, and the Islanders from last night because, um, yeah. this is a heck of a game. And you got um, texted on that, I know you did. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, 
And I honestly thought that, you know, this was like, I mean, it was a great game. I, it, the, the, the winning goal, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. So, so Brad Marchand comes down the boards down the, and kind of slings it at the net. I mean, it's a hell of a shot. Obviously, Marchand's a great player, but there's no reason that that should should have been open for Varlamov. I mean, that's a bad goal. Every we all agree, 100. percent I mean, that if you, that that is like one of the oldest. Uh, this is I know I know this because my goalie coach used to tell me that this is something I did, I did all the time. Um, so the, basically, the concept of you know, if a net is like uh, if a net's like this, like you have the, your square net. If you're a goalie like this, like flat up against the say this is the crossbar I'm up against here. Okay, so I'm up against the crossbar. And you you have to just turn like you have to turn like this to face the shot. So many times goalies go like this because if you're if you're like this, a wide angle shot leaves plenty open on the other side. Just turning a little bit like this, you cut off the angle. That's where Verlama makes his mistake last night. It's really and, and it's on the first goal. His glove. If he'd have kept his glove where it was, he'd have made the save. He completely moved it and made it a much easier goal, which made no yeah. sense either. Yeah, that's a t- I mean that's a, that was a tougher one. I may agree with you on that. You know, keep your glove where you are. That's that's a hindsight twenty twenty thing. But this was like. If it's Marshawn coming down the side like that, you know that he throws everything at on net. Like that's something that you know he's gonna. You know he's gonna. You knew as you were watching that. As I saw him go down there, he's like one on four or whatever. You know he's gonna throw that fuck on net. There's no question about it. The Varlamov streak is over, Eck, even though it was a fake one. Well, the the thing, <laughs> the thing that I said immediately after the game, and uh, I'll reiterate now is, for the Bruins fans who are Tuka Rask haters, stick it, you know where, because honestly. And and that overtime, he made four or five saves yeah. in overtime to keep them keep that game tied one one. Yeah. And Marshan comes down and scores. Now he didn't face a ton of shots during during uh, regulation, but at the key time of the game, he was there. He yeah. To my mind, he's the difference in this series. Varlamov yeah. had streaks of you know really good play, and Sorokin is really good. But I think the consistency of having one goaltender and a dependable goalie that is there and you know what you're going to get out of them will be the difference in this series. Well, I'll tell you what, too. I mean, the Bruins played with five defensemen, too, for a long yeah, period of time. Um, Carlo yeah, clearly and- looks like he could be concussed again, which is terrible news for them. Where, where, where is the Department of Player Safety yeah. for Clutterbuck on that hit? Because it was- just, That's just like, you know, I didn't even bother tweeting on that one, Mike, because that is one of those where it's just like, eh, we hit him, his head went in the glass. Oh, yeah, he's got post-concussion. Oh, well. Guess he'll miss the rest of the series. I do want to ask Kevin the question. Yeah, that's how it's being treated now. Like, you know, we're not going to talk about the whole Shifley thing until we're going to. But but I do want to ask Kevin this question because we we talked about it yesterday, and I think it's legitimate. Kevin, I believe for the first. I mean, we've always had people complain about referees and stuff like that, but I believe for the first time, the NHL fan base has legitimately lost faith in the NHL Department of Safety. Like that, I think that they've lost it completely. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, I mean, just. Officiating, they, you know, we went back a couple of years ago when we had all those, uh, you know, goofy on ice decisions that result in everything. So they had, you know, they lost confidence in the whole process. Yeah. Um. So I think this is just all kind of uh, part of it all. But you yeah. know, this one was a little bit different because normally you can always make a case that the the guy didn't mean to do it as hard as he did. Now. Right. It, you know, he may have, but you can make cake. And this one, you couldn't do that at all. Right. No, you couldn't. Like, like it, I mean, this, it, it, we rarely see a, uh, a hit where the entire purpose of the hit was because you were ticked off about them um, right. getting an empty net goal and right. you wanted to punish right. that guy. That's it. So yeah. that, that's why I think this one is different. I think this is why fans are reacting the way they are. Although, you know, I went on uh, Twitter, um, uh, you know, after the decision, and there were a lot of people that thought that uh, that was too much. So, well, and I think going into it, the problem was, and you know, was that we didn't really know. We had no idea where they were going to go with it. That's that's when I, when I when you know, True, when that's I no, we were guessing. That's why I, I have no idea where they're going to go with it. That's when I feel like I've lost confidence in the Department of State. I said like, two games because I honestly felt like they were going to be well, like super I, like worried about the whole series. I'm glad they went four. I said one. I, 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 I will, don't you feel like the league should come out and say one reg, or one playoff game is worth six regular yes. season games? Just give us a guide. Absolutely. Yeah, give us a guide. I, I mean, I know it sounds silly and almost frivolous, but it, it, you know, clearly it enters their thinking 
and whatever it is they use, we should be told. Well, it used to be one. It used to, the, the unofficial rule used to be one game was uh, one playoff game equal two regular season games. But now, if that's the case, I don't. Like Mark Scheifele is the first time offender. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First time offender getting um, eight games is is ridiculous. But uh, again, let's we'll, say we'll that. get back to that. But I think that, and I, I appreciate that, Kevin. I think that there's a good good thoughts on that. So the, the thought here is so so let's let's talk a little bit more about this game though because. Now, um, I think Trotz does go back to Sorokin. I think he does. Oh, yeah, there's no question he's going to Sorokin. You know, um, he, he is very much doesn't seem to care. And I do think, and, you know, Rush, you asked before, when was the last time, you know, a two-goalie system got, you know, a Stanley Cup? And that really probably was Carolina. Because even yeah. though Cam Ward was amazing oh. in that. Florian Murray. Flurry. Yeah, well, that's true. Flurry sat yeah. for a long time in that. How much, how many yeah, games did he actually play? He played the first two rounds. Yeah. Um, well, okay. yeah, yeah, it's true. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, okay. there you go. So it. It, can, it can happen. I mean, and obviously, um, well, I think I think this one's different though. Like, I just feel like Sorokin's in there now for the duration. If you take him out again, you're getting yeah. very little out of Arlamov. Yeah, like, but I just think it's a slippery yeah. slope. Well, Russ, we said we said that about when they went to Sorokin that they couldn't go back to Varlamov, and then they did. Maybe it's just acceptable now that with this two, with these two, yeah, that Trotz is going to go. Wherever the wind blows, and say, "Okay, it's time to go to Varlamov." Again. Maybe, but I don't see that as being an advantage for the series. It's a disadvantage. No. The fact that the the players know on Boston that Rask will be in there. The yes. fact that Rask knows that he's going to be in there is an advantage over the Islanders now. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, all right. So let's go to the other game, um, Carolina, and um, Carolina puts in Morazic, which I definitely thought was the right move. I thought like we talked about that yesterday. We debated that a lot yesterday. We did. But I thought that you know. Why Why kill this rookie? Like, you're not going to beat Tampa in all likelihood. Mrazek has the ability to play weird, weirdly well at weird times. That's his, that's in his character, I think. He's one of the more unpredictable goalies that way. You agree with that, Kev? I do. I, uh, yeah, I mean, he's come up big for them in, in some uh, important games. And, and in uh, odd situations, right? He's like, played, uh, you know, as Don Waddell said, he, he plays better than his reputation. Yeah, like, he does. You know, we don't see him as a very good goalie, but, like, they have a lot of faith in him. So yeah, and I will say this too: Mrazek has a small bit of an ego. <laughs> oh, he's got an ego. <laughs> say, and and he also is one of those guys that plays better angry. And I think when he's been sat on the bench, I think he's angry, and he comes in there and he has some, he has something to prove. He's he's spitting bullets, and and I think that he does play plays better when he's angry. And last night I thought he played very well, and he did. He had a really. I good mean, player. Tampa does come back and tie it, as we saw, you know, for sure. Um, and that when when Tampa tied it, I thought, oh boy, this is this is this is definitely yeah, me too. This is it. You know, that's it. I thought that was well, it. Well, I mean, Aho being Aho helped a lot, yeah. right? Because I talked about yeah. him a couple of games ago. Like, he needed to wake up. He did. Um, and I did see that Hedman was gassed on, I think, the second Carolina goal. He was sort of reaching, and he could have gotten rid of that Something's puck. up with him. He, Something's up with him. He's not, he he's not Hedman. And it ended up in the net. So I think that that was something where yeah. we have to look out for now with, with Hedman a little bit. Maybe well, he just had too many minutes. I don't know. I, I think one of the things, and I, I watched a lot of this game. I concentrated more on, on Boston and the Islanders, but I watched a lot of this game. And I have to say, for being as great a player as he is, Nikita Kucherov really doesn't doesn't consider what like momentum and what certain plays can have an effect on on the on the on the, on the series. He hit Pesci at center ice rather high. Uh, I think it was in the second period. And, you know, it started a big scrum, and they were going after. I mean, you're up 2-0 in the series. At yeah. that point, I think the game was nothing, nothing. Why are you doing stuff like that? All that's going to do is wake up the other team. The team's in a slumber. You've dominated them for two games. Yeah. I don't think that, that's that's a dumb thing to do. And, you know, I mean, right after that, Carolina scored two goals. So it did have that effect. That's interesting. I think that's true. And I think that this is something I've, I feel, I've always felt, you know, you don't wake up certain kinds of teams. You know, right. um, and Carolina is one of the, was one of those teams you didn't want to wake up because they were definitely frustrated. They felt like they had done everything they could to win those first two games, um, except for what I said, which is like play desperate hockey, which they have, which they played last night. They they came out and they played some desperate hockey. Their their defenseman pinched and they made and they and they because you have to take chances against Tampa. Florida showed that you just have to take chances. You can't sit back on them because well, well ac- they'll, they'll they'll out they'll out chess match you every day. Yes, yes, you do, but. Eventually, you'll get burned because they, you, you it, it's 
I think Kevin said it the last time on, on Wednesday. You've got a team here yeah. who can play shutdown. They can play wide open offense. They can do anything that you want. If you think it's more, it behooves you to play wide open offensively, then, you know, then you, and you think it's a better chance of winning a game six to five, then go ahead. But they can win that game too. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I personally think that, uh, that it, it, you know, it's, I think that Carolina probably benefits more playing a more structured defensive game against Tampa, but yeah. you know, well, who knows? I, I I think Carolina did what they had to do to win the game. Like you got to just kind of, you got to hang with Tampa and you've got to be as smart as they are and, and, yep. and um, you know, play a real tight defensive game and then hope that you get the one shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, think, I, mean, I think that is the way they played it. I think you're yeah, right. Everything yeah. I mean, they, they played a real smart game. The only thing is they lost Warren Fogel to an upper body. He he's out. If he's out and Niederreiter's out, you're really starting to dip into their um, reserves of forwards, which are not great. Yeah, we're going to bring Karina in now um, as well. Um, so because oh. obviously we're going to talk about the type of thing, and we're going to keep Kevin with us for a little bit. Kevin, whenever you have to bop off, bop bop yourself right. off. You're fine. Um, stay as long as you like. Obviously, you're always welcomed in this house. All right, so <laughs> here we go. Um, so we're the one thing I do want to start with, and this is like, and this is this is not like we do have to discuss for a second this like crazy cyberbullying that's going on. Oh my god! To Shifley's family, like, um, and it is it's horrendous. And I and I, I'm and it's I want to talk about that before we get into the other stuff for sure because obviously they're separate issues completely, and obviously it's wrong, and no one everyone knows it's wrong, um, and that it makes me wonder when I see something something like this, and this is probably an entire show we could do on this. It makes me wonder how long professional sports franchises and players themselves are going to stay active in social medias. Yes. Like I think that I think at some point, like right now everybody's doing it because it's the newest thing. It's still new, right? Relatively Twitter and all that stuff. But at yeah. some point, like I have jokingly said, my, my daughter the other night asked me, What are what do you think we're gonna do differently when raising our kids? And I said, I know one thing you're gonna do differently. And at hundred percent you are not going to let your kids be on social media. Because this yet that generation that's on social media like crazy right now is realizing all of the downsides to it, well, all the craziness, all the cyberbullying, and they're gonna they're gonna just ban their kids from it. They are not gonna let them have let them have it. Well, th I mean, at this came this came up in the wake of after Game Seven in Toronto, where yeah. Marner and Matthews got a lot of criticism, yeah, uh, from fans. Uh, you know, now who cares if some fan goes on on? And it doesn't matter uh, if it's Montreal, Chicago, Philly, whatever. It would be the right, 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 right. But I'm just, but I'm just pointing specifically yeah. to the issue. I'm like, who cares if a Toronto fan sets a Doug Gilmore jersey on fire? That's his right. He can do that. Whatever. That you know, expressing his frustration. But it was like personal attacks on Marner and on his, you know, on his capabilities. But the fact that whether you, you know, who cares whether he went, he didn't go golfing the next day. But who cares if he did go golfing? It's like just piddly crap. I mean. I understand the frustration of fans, but in this instance, okay, Shifley made a mistake. He's being penalized for it. You're going to go after his family. You're going to terrorize him because he made a mistake. I mean, grow up people. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, have you ever heard any team or player discuss the fact that they shouldn't be involved in Twitter anymore? Oh yeah. I mean, I know that it's been discussed with, uh, especially with the younger teams, um, because of players getting themselves, um, in difficulty it's like yeah. you know i don't know whether it's discussed i know it's been discussed in junior hockey for sure yeah, yeah. about um you know whether uh, yeah. players should be banned from participating in those kinds of things because uh, there's so much that can happen to them and people are incredibly mean uh, even at the oh, youngest yeah. levels um, yeah it's crazy you know, in college sports i'm very aware that uh, college players uh, you know, take many levels of abuse and their family members do when it's things awful. don't go well for them. And uh, it's amazing to me that somebody would think because you didn't make a play that you're, you're, you should be threatened with death. You know, like it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me. Like to me, that's just, it's just, they can't control it. it, it it's, 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 it's way out of control right now. It's completely run amok. And, and, you know, we've all seen it. Every one of us in this, every one of us in this, in this room has gotten hit, hit, attacked by somebody on Twitter or whatever. And I mean, I mean, I know that's the case. So, and I think that I, I, I weigh, I really, really, and I'm a big social media guy. You know, I've been on Twitter since the very beginning, but I really do weigh 
the benefits versus the not benefits of this for for professional sports franchises and their players. I really do. I think, I think there's a lot less benefits than I do too. anything else. I mean, if you just look at the Jonathan Drouin situation in Montreal, we don't know for sure what's wrong with him, but the way Dano was talking is that the pressure got to him, the pressure put on the media by the fans and all that. So you can be sure that Jonathan Drouin is on social media yeah. and he was getting awful comments. And But it's not something new either. I mean, at the World Junior Championships a few years back, I think it was Max Contois, who missed a penalty shot or something like that and right, right, lost. Right, right. Yes. and people went after him. That's like a 16-year-old kid. Chill. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. Yeah. It's horrible. I mean, I've seen high school sports even in in, in say Texas and football, football in Texas, which is a big high school thing. That it's just brutal down there to the point where some of those people are like saying, no more, no more, you know, we're not gonna do it. I do think that I mean, and the NHL just they're on it now because I think they feel like they have to be on it. And I think that the, at some point, someone there is going to say, you know what? We don't have to be on this. Like, we don't have, we don't need this. We don't have to do it. I mean, it, it, and I think they'll get out of it. I really do. I wouldn't be surprised at all, honestly. So let's, now let's get into the Shifley thing is because Kareen, our, our, with, with your law background, I know <laughs> yeah. that you're going to give us exactly, what, first of all, what are your thoughts on, on, this, um, on this ruling and, and where, where are you with this? Well, um, my thoughts are actually I'm pleasantly surprised with a four-game suspension considering okay. the uh, Department of Player Safety track record. I wasn't holding much hope. Um, but what I will say, though, is that I think George Paros being in charge of that is like asking the Grinch to make up Santa's list. <laughs> no, no, but it is. I mean, Paros got suspended many times over his career. He's a former goon. Right. He shouldn't be doing that job. I'm sorry, he shouldn't. And yeah. what I also <laughs> liked was for once, I thought the video was quite well done. It didn't try yeah. to give excuses to Shifley. It even went as far as pointing out that his defense um, did not hold based on the physical, on the visual evidence that they had. But right. um all that being said, I think the problem with the, the way the NHL is doing suspensions and rulings like that is that there's way too much discretion. I mean, the game has evolved so much and we know that brain injuries are dangerous and problematic. So sure. I think there should be kind of a sentencing guideline, if you like, whereas if you commit, uh, if you break a rule and a brain injury results, there should be a minimum suspension automatically that's how you're gonna you know curb <clears throat> those hits and yeah, get right. rid of the the head injuries so instead of saying at the commissioner's discretion you say as soon as there's a brain injury brain injury which results from a broken rule you get a three-game suspension furthermore if they are aggravating factors that can be increased sure. it would just make sense and you know you wouldn't see a tom wilson throwing around Artemi Panarin like a rag dog, lending him on his head and right, get right. out with a, you know, a little fee. I think it's stupid, but that might just be because of my legal background. But the other thing I'd yeah. say as well is, um, you know, Shifley's defense was like, I wanted to make a defensive play. It doesn't matter. The yeah. way the rule is written, you do not have to prove intent for the rule to be broken. Right. And right. if you want that to be the fact, put it in the actual writing. Put it in the rule, right? Yeah, and that, that's a great I point. I think that that's true. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I you felt know, like he was trying to make a defensive play. He actually would have used the stick, which he never did. Well, yeah, he would have, but that's not the point anyway. I mean, but, if you kill someone and you say, "Oh, I didn't mean to," I didn't mean to. Be like, "Oh, you're fine then." That's yeah. you know, tough luck. No, you go from right. murder yeah. to homicide. You know what right. I mean? So, <laughs> right. No, yeah. but it's true. I I think it's just silly that you know they took the 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 time to explain that we don't believe that you didn't mean to do it because this, 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 but they didn't say, anyway, it doesn't matter. We don't have to prove intent. They need to right. say that. It can be accidental and the result is awful, but you still get a suspension, I'm sorry, because you broke a rule. If it's an right. accident, accident that you didn't break a rule, then no, there's no suspension. But if you broke a rule, brain injury results, fuck. I know, and 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 there that is like the oldest debate in the book on this, right? Whether um or not, the in whether or not the resulting injury plays into the actual suspension, right? Like if he's if a guy's hurt or not, right? That Kevin, this is the one, right? This is what you yeah, just, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, and we just use need to use law as a precedent in this, you know, as Karen just said, the 
you know, even if you make a mistake, if you're driving your car and it's an accident, but you kill someone, you know, you, you're still going to pay a price for that. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And I think, and I think I, so I, I think it's impossible to, to, to separate it out. Like people say, Oh, it doesn't matter if you get hurt or not. I think it's impossible. I think that's impossible. Well, and, and I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that the NHL didn't resort to what I always refer to as the star system when it comes to uh, this penalty, because I expected Shifley to get a game. Now, maybe, maybe I'm being cynical and that Shifley's not a big enough star that, uh, but he's a pretty big star. He's a pretty big player for that team. He's, he's their, their first center. So yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is, but, 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 yeah. how many times have we talked about Ovechkin? Or other oh stuff. yeah, no, no, no. And this, but this, in this, I think you had star crossing out star in this situation because well, Evans is no star, but that's not Evans the is not a star, but he's a Montreal Canadian. Okay, so that that there is something to that. that and, and it, yeah, it, but the the identity of the victim or the aggressor shouldn't matter. It, sh it shouldn't that's matter. That's why I'm advocating for having a strict minimum. Doesn't right. matter who you are. That's the rule. I mean, if you're you, right. If you, like like I was saying, watching that Tampa Florida series, there were a lot of crazy late hits that just didn't even go on the radar. None, none that was obvious and blatant and open. Like, but there were some that should have been one or two game suspensions in my mind. And both teams, both teams were. I know, I know, Florida was sending letters to the NHL about certain hits. And the it, only one that got it, suspended it, was Sam Bennett. And I still think that that hit was a little questionable. I mean, that 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 suspension was a little questionable because I didn't think it was. I mean, it. I think the Clutterbuck hit on Carlo was worse than Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Bennett hit the Bennett suspension great. played the Bennett suspension played a major factor in that series. You know, yeah. like there's no question he was a, one of the bigger players in that series. So yeah, I mean it does. But I do think that this, you know, there's there is this human nature aspect to it. It is Montreal. It is a Montreal is Montreal in and of itself is a star power situation. Like, you know, the, if, if someone hurts a Montreal player, it's different than hurting a Carolina Hurricane player. And I don't think it should be that way, but I feel like it is. Am I wrong? Am anybody, did anybody disagree with me on that? I, I would disagree a little bit. I, I, I am. I, I don't I think don't that think, matters. I don't think that that's really mm. the case. Would they? Could they yell a little louder? Because maybe, but I, I, I maybe because they have more press. But no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they knew what was gonna. I mean, they knew what was gonna happen if they didn't give him a suspension. They knew the reaction. Oh, that so yeah, but that late. wasn't that wasn't because it's Montreal. That's, not that's because Canadians. they don't want them to use the code. No, yeah. I know. I, no, no, I agree with that. laid that out very smartly in his yeah. post game, like basically saying, "Hey, yeah. the league can do something here, or we're going to make his life miserable." That was a great way to handle it. Actually, it really was. I give Edmondson high marks. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Montreal. I, I, I would bet subconsciously, um, you know, those kind of things enter into it. I don't. I don't think they purposely. Um, do that, but it, you know, you know, mm -hmm. like if you're George Peros and you've had the kind of issues that he's had, you know, I, I'm sure when you had to make that decision, that that weighed heavily on your mind. I, I'm sure he tried to push it out, but you know, it's going to be there. And you know, if it happens in New York or Montreal or Toronto, you know that the uh, uproar is going to be louder. Um, uh, than if it was in a smaller, but I, I don't think they purposely say, okay, I got to factor that in. I just think it weighs in your head. Like, you know, when you have to make any kind of decision and, you know, the factors just kind of creep into your thinking. I think it makes it harder to dismiss it. If that makes any sense. Like if, if you know, it, like I think that, you know, it, it, cause there were hits that, like I said, in other series I've seen, but it, it's harder to dismiss it when it's, I mean, I've dealt with you. We've dealt with the NHL, and I can tell you flat out that I was, you know, I've dealt with getting credentials in all these cities, different places, and stuff like that. And the NHL does treat Montreal, Toronto, and New York differently. They just do. Um, and uh, the, the real, at least, at least in terms of in terms of what you know, like if I want to get a credential in a certain place, I go to Bill Daly or whatever, and I say, you know, I can get my guy into Carolina or Tampa, and that's not a problem. If I want to, you know, if I want to get into, you know, Montreal. Um, I that's think like just because of the breath of no, but not, because, not just because of that. But they'll say, you know, we don't Montreal does their we don't get involved in the Montreal thing like that. That's what you'll hear, and it's just like they're their own thing. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm and I'm but but like other cities like Chicago, even Chicago and Philly, you know, are easier in Pittsburgh. These are big cities too, where big, big media is, but in Montreal, no. So, and I think I think Montreal and New York scares the NHL to a degree. I think those are the two teams that scare them the most in terms of they don't really remember. This is a really loosely tapped together group of teams. You know, like this organization is not the NHL is 
overlooked overlooking everybody, but some teams are almost bigger than the league at times. And the league has, has almost accepted that. I feel I may, am I wrong? Kevin, do you, you disagree with any of this? Uh, I, I don't think it's as pronounced as you say it is, but I do think it enters yeah. into thinking. I, I do think the, you know, some teams know how powerful they are and yeah. they exert that they're not afraid of fine. So they just say, I'm not going to do it. Right. And I think the, what the league says, it's not worth the fight. Um, yes. So they back off. So they back off. But I, and we've seen that happen. I, you know, as president of the writers association, I remember distinctly conversation with Gary Bettman. We had all the veteran writers in there and we were talking about the access problems we were having. And I remember saying to Gary, um, you know, can't you just order uh, the Vancouver Canucks to do uh, and the Boston Bruins to do what we wanted them to do? And he said, and I remember his quote was, you'd think it would work that way, wouldn't you? And, <laughs> exactly. And I think that, uh, so there are some things that it's not worth the fight uh, for them. But something like this, uh, if, if there is a bias, I, I think it creeps in. I don't think it's discussed yeah. openly. Uh, and I don't uh, think they, they, when they're listing, when they get their yellow pad out and they're listing the factors hmm. they have to consider, I don't think they write down the guys from Montreal. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I, I think, think it so just, I think it just I creeps in. So it creeps in. I just think that you know the star the star aspect of Shifley, which is another thing they don't write down, but he's a star. Um, that's that. I just feel like it was canceled out by the fact it was Montreal. If that's possible, like yeah. that makes me. I mean, maybe I, or maybe they kind of thought again after all the backlash they got over the Wilson thing. And yeah. they got, I think we they, need to get this right. Now. I think they've changed the way they do it for the last few because of backlash. I do think that yeah. that's fair. That, yeah. that's, that's more than the fact that they're scared of Montreal. What right, I would right. say that about Montreal, though, is that if you're Gary Bettman, you do not want to annoy Montreal because it's one of your most profitable franchises. And yeah. they know that. Th- that's the one that injects money all the time. So it's easier to tell Carolina what to do than to <laughs> yes, tell Montreal what to yeah, do because I, Montreal I, brings in the big, big bucks. I, I, got to, I got two words for students of history mm-hmm. when it comes to Montreal. Clarence Campbell. You know, it's not. Oh, uh, yeah. Not <laughs> he's trying to kill a commissioner when he's in the crowd. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, so I think, I mean, at the end of the day, Kareem, happy with the suspension. Um, I mean, we're not happy with the suspension, but no, no one's happy with the suspension. I'm just saying that satisfied. I think I thought the number was probably right. I would have given him the whole series if Evans is going to be out the whole series. But then again, I, I'm tying it to injury again. But I think that you can't match the, the punishment to the level of injury because that's just playing Russian roulette. And a guy could say, oh, I'm going to hit him. I'm sure he won't be out too long. So that'll be fine. That that <laughs> encourages the guy to do it again. I know, so. but that's why in the playoffs, like taking out Jake Evans is a serious player to take out of the Montreal lineup. That's like, that's like, saying, that's like saying Sidney Crosby hits Stu Bickle and Stu Bickle is out three games, but if it, but if he's out for as long as Bickle is out, then John Tortorella is going to say, "Hey Stu, sit up in the, sit, sit in your hotel room for the next five games." <laughs> but I'll say this on that particular play, I don't think it was because it was Jake Evans that he took him out. I think it was just because that yeah. player out hustled him, and he knew a goal was going in that was going to lose the game. Yeah. And it could have yeah, been yeah. Caulfield, it could have been anybody, and he would have done the same thing. Yeah, I, I think that's right. But it, it also comes from the fact that the Montreal Canadiens had been bugging Shifley all yeah, game. No, no, no. Shifley was mad. I mentioned and that. He was yesterday. frustrated. He was it would have been anyone that it would have been the yeah, same. Yeah, he, he just right. got angry, and I don't think it was he already was angry. There's no question. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, you know, adrenaline takes over, and I think that's what happened. I think it just adrenaline took over. And in that moment, he does. If he has really a sound mind, he did have time to pull up, but also he's skating full, full, full tilt to try to get back. I agree with that 100%. He's he's not a player that gives up on the play. He's thinking maybe Evans lollygags a little bit and I can get there. You know, he's thinking that in his head, um, and he's flying down there. So yeah, there's, there's a little bit and, of breaking news. Go ahead, what, Kevin. What makes uh, elite athletes elite is the ability to make split second decisions. Um, True. You know, and. He he knew what he was doing. He he wanted to hurt hurt him. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, there was no other reason to do that. Yeah, uh, to make that play. So I'm, I'm not yeah. buying that. Well, I, I don't think he necessarily wanted to hurt him. I think he wanted to set the table for the next game or whatever. If he's more than well, yeah, to hurt him, because Shifley is not a bad guy. You know? If he's going to score, I'm going to make. No, it. he's not. It, but he, but you know, he knew the consequences there. He's a very smart player. Yeah. He knew that the, that the guy 
wasn't going to expect to be hit that hard, and he did it anyway. You know, yeah. there was malice in his heart. You know, whether yeah. he wanted to hurt him or I not. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, he, he wanted to. Of- you know, he wanted to set it, even if you say he's setting the tone, it, you know, he wanted he did it in an ugly fashion. So the little bit of breaking news is it looks like Vincent Trocek may not be playing next game either. So um that's up in the air right now. But if him and Fogel are out, um, they're talking about maybe playing seven defensemen. Like that's gonna change the uh, complexion of the hurricane. And and for Winnipeg, Paul Stosny left at the morning skate. So it, you know, him without him and Shifley. Yeah, they're starting to hurt. That hurts their. Does depth this change how you guys would predict the series right now? Yes, he's the best. No, I know. No, I'm, it does. I mean, I'm yes, just saying. No question. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, already, I, but I already picked Montreal when. And I already picked Montreal, Montreal too. So. Yeah, I, I said Montreal in six, but I think the only way the Abs can lose this one now, the series, is if they get overconfident and they think, right, right they're really diminished. They don't have their centers. We can or, take or it easy. Look, you know, shuts them out for a couple games, which yeah. happened too. I had I had Winnipeg in five. Now I'm probably going to say Montreal in seven, unless somebody on the Jets roster does a Chris Kreider on Carey Price. Yeah, yeah. Not, I'm hoping he won't come to that. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. I'm advocating that. I'm just saying, you know, you know, Hellebuck was not strong in game one. I think he'll be better in games. Two yeah, I think I, that was more rust than anything else, really, because yeah, he, so, he's sir. better than that. So. Yeah, it will be better than that. But the big problem for the Jets is the defense. So in that that sense, the fact that, yeah, it hurts they don't have Shifley and Stashney, but losing the mellow hurts as well. That was something I said pre-series. Like, again, pre-season, I said I really did like the Canadians. I thought they could get to the Cup. I may have even picked them over uh, Colorado to win the Cup. But those are the two teams I picked. But I knew they were built for the playoffs. But when you saw the Winnipeg defense, and that was what I was looking at, Pionk, Tucker Pullman, and that's why I said they're only really three strong, and the rest are just role players. Right, and now, right, with, right. With the mellow out, you're probably putting Vinny Hanola in there, and that's – Yeah, Hanola's decent. But he's young. He's young. Yeah. Yeah, he's young. The other, the other game we should talk about before we end is uh, Avalanche and, and – Yeah, let's get to that. So my uh, my scoreboard clock behind me doesn't – you know, I put back here. I'm, I'm going to put my Hockey Buzz Game of the Night prediction on there. So this is my prediction. Okay. Home for guest one. Um, and you can pick which game that's for tonight because I think uh, – but for me, that's – that's that's this is a Vegas winning 4-1 to one tonight over Colorado. <laughs> Why do we laugh? 4-1. Please tell me how this is going to happen. How is it not – how could it not happen? <laughs> Because I mean, it hasn't happened. The last game went to overtime. You're talking about like a three-one game with an with an empty net goal. You yeah, know? I mean it's really not. Four, four, Colorado to one goal. How is that going to happen? I believe that unless last they all like die like that. Well, they, the they held them to three goals last game, correct? Um, they held them to three. That's a big difference well, to they one. Held them to two in the regulation, so we're only talking about a regulation oh game. We're talking about one less goal. Why is that? That's not insane. Mark Andre Fleury uh, sprinkled pixie dust. That's what happened. It, it is insane. I'm sorry, no, one less goal than he gave up last game. You think that's that's crazy? Did you see the saves Flurry had to make and the expenditure of energy he had to make after just two yeah. periods? You think he could keep that up? I think he can. I, Flurry, Flurry, Flurry has constantly shown us that he has like uh, unlimited energy. Like that guy. Yes, unlimited. Team. He he's like Yoda. Yeah. No, but he's been pretty. Man, you guys are tough. Like, talk about the internet. Yeah, but Holy even cow. if you know, <laughs> this is not like, impossible, folks. Well, nothing. Even Flurry standing on his head, he has to make heck of a lot of stuff. Right, well, you give me your, you know, you give me your predictions, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Go ahead. Throw well, it out there. I, I'd be more inclined to say maybe Vegas can win it four three. Yeah, if Vegas is going to win, I would go with four three also. All right. Uh, I mean, I think that that Vegas is going to for Vegas has a second change. I think that'll help them too, and I think that'll allow them to match a little bit better. So I don't think that giving up one less goal than they gave up last team is is crazy. Scoring three goals with an empty netter is crazy. If it's four to one tomorrow, you guys are going to have to really, you know, think about what you've done. Yeah, <laughs> the same way. Sure, I'll, I'll text you live if it happens. Thank you. The same way we had to think about if Varlamov's a, a Bruins killer. Yeah. I feel just as confident about why it. Why, why does all this fall on me? Like, why is that? Because you said one. Because I wasn't the person that. You're Mr. Counterintuitive. When you you see how how uh, you think Colorado's going to sweep the series? Then you think Colorado's winning tonight? Let me let me get on what I was going to say. Go ahead. What, the avalanche, the avalanche, Polak's, uh, uh Vegas in Game One, and then Vegas plays 
you know, extremely well. And Flurry stands on his head, and they still lose. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I think you know maybe Vegas can win one of the two in in Vegas. Maybe they can. But and maybe it's tonight. But maybe it's four one. They're not. Well, maybe not. <laughs> but the Avalanche yeah. are clearly the better team. They're right now. Vegas is clearly being outclassed by Colorado. Oh man! In one game they were, but in the second game they outplayed. They outshot. They 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 outshot Colorado in the second game. You're saying they were they were not outclassed in that second game at all. At all. It was an even game. It was a very much of an even game. And when you look at the regular season, it was an even game with these teams. They're not they're not going to be outclassed. I mean, you know me. I'm not the hugest Vegas fan in the world. Like I think I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. Honestly, I felt like at some point when we've all said that at some point Vegas is gonna, could go south very fast, and I do think that that's true. Um, but what I saw last game was impressive to me. Um, you know, and it's not just, you know, and yes, the abs are the best in the league. And yes, the abs are probably going to win the Stanley Cup, but. All right. I'm going to give you two numbers, Zach. The GSAA for Flurry is 0.7 in the playoffs. The GSAA for Philip Grubauer is 3.9. Fantastic. No, that, I mean, it, I, I, that's the difference in the two goalies. You could say whatever you want about Flurry. No, he is what, not at that level anymore. He's not. Mm. He's not. Yeah. Thank you. I was gonna put this up here for a second. Hold on. Yeah. How about this? Yes, he was right. That's fine. You all laughed at me yesterday when I said this. One game. I didn't say it was gonna be a I didn't say Mirazin. Oh, no. I did not say they were gonna win the series. No, no, I I'm, said it would be I'm, one game. I'm pointing at downtown 27 or whatever the hell his name was. Just a fact freaking game. I just and that's what tonight is. One I game. Just, I just want to point out this mathematical anomaly that you have up on the board here. The fact that Gruber has a 943 save percentage, and you're thinking he's going to give up at least three goals without the empty net, or yeah, I think it's a three goal. He gave up three goals. He gave up two last game. Impossible. It's a little. It's a little hopeful. It's one more goal than the last game for each side. I mean, this Except is not he's crazy. The best playoff goalie, and he's got a 943. Flurry has a 924. By the way. So you think that there's no way he gives up three goals? I didn't say no way, but I said this is a long shot. What you put up here. That's all. Oh man, you all will you all will be so wrong. You so all wrong. I mean, I'm not saying. Listen, I I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just saying that. Oh, none of us do. If you want to go with that theory, no, but funny. I'm just going to say, like, based on like the bio. You're not even using hard data. You just no. But I, I, I have learned. Uh, we've all kind of one thing I've learned about the playoffs is it is about. Like, there's a bio rhythm to a playoff series. There's no two ways about it. There is. There's. There's a way things go, and Vegas is not falling down three nothing tonight. In front Why? of their home crowd. Why is that? Why is that? They're not. They're not because the home tonight they are going to win this game because they are, they, they are too good to fall down three nothing to Colorado. They're playing in front of their crowd, which is going to be crazy and excited and fired up, and they're going to win tonight. Yeah, fine, yeah. but they're why? not going to the Avalanche to a single the, uh, the horn. Is that why? No, Gene Simmons. I didn't put up no. six one. I didn't put up seven nothing. I put up four one. Which is a three-one game with an empty net goal. It could be a two-one game with two empty net goals. We don't know. It could be anything like that. We're it not could be a one-one game with three empty net goals. Right, hold on. <laughs> it is not going to be a two-one game with, with two empty net goals. net goals. I can guarantee that, and I'll bet that right now with you. <laughs> <laughs> it will not be that. You guys are wrong more than you're right. You know that. Anyway, um, four empty net goals. <laughs> I picked Montreal over Toronto in the in game one. That you guys all laughed at that one. I didn't laugh. I picked Montreal in the series. I was the only one who picked mm. them. Thanks for reminding us, Russ. No, but I'm just saying when he says something like that, you know, he can't throw me in that. Oh my gosh! Holy cow! Jeez! You're I right did not expect that you... the four-one thing would be so insane. I mean, it is literally like I said. It's a, it's a three-one game. We're talking about one more goal for Vegas in the regulation, one less goal for Colorado in regulation. That's it. That is not crazy. You guys are way over to, over top on this one. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. Okay. We'll see what happens. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm like, but I just feel like Vegas is better than a sweet team in this series. And if they I lose tonight, when, when, they Colorado lose tonight scores, when Colorado scores that third goal, I hope you really take notice of it on that big blow up screen you have. <laughs> oh man, we'll see. Um so Cameron Young said, "Hey, Act, did you hear what Freeman said about Buffalo? Did we anybody hear what Freeman said about I Buffalo?" Didn't. No. 
well, I'm not sure when they catch up to us. So let us know. But um, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. The other game tonight. Uh, let's let's get to the the other game tonight. Which did we talk about the other game tonight? Vegas, Montreal, and Vegas, Colorado. All right, right. Well, Montreal, Montreal, Winnipeg. Obviously, you know, <laughs> this is this is this is going to be um, this is Winnipeg's got to win this game. You know, they they have to come through this with this one. I think, and and I do think that the Shifley thing, you know, momentum wise, plays in a lot of different ways. Um, Short term, it can give Winnipeg a little bit of up, you know, a little bit of energy because they're gonna they're gonna want to they're gonna want to um, avenge like the fact that Shifley's been out. Montreal's gonna be mad too, so there's that avenging of them. Although I was a little bit upset with Montreal not their reaction to the thing the other night. Um, I mean, right after right after there was a fight, but then there was like another play that went on um, after the they resumed play and somebody got i think it was maybe perry got knocked down at the side of the poke. and i expected something else to i expected montreal to be more stirred than they were uh, montreal's not necessarily built to be like uh eye for an eye team though green right like this is not really their thing so that's not their thing and i do think that this suspension means they won't be any retaliation tonight it's, no there won't be any it's it's just going to be straight up hockey, and that's how it should be yeah well, no it's, it's over Eck, i just looked it up Rubauer in his last 12 games has only given up three goals twice. Okay, well, you, you're not even using data for on but those game, the, 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 two of those games were against only two of those games were against Vegas. So, like to me, like um, oh, so right, now you're gonna go with what he did against Vegas? Okay, hold on. Yeah, that's who he's playing. Okay, um, uh, the 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 uh, the situation. He's won two out of his last three was this? Yeah, two out of his last three against Vegas. Two goals, two goals, one time, three goals. That was in February. Okay. Uh, Nothing happens in April. Kevin, Kevin, yeah. Kevin Adams uh, at his season-ending media availability uh, <laughs> talked about uh, Eichel's surgery situation or his neck situation oh, yeah. and said that you know they were going to wait until the end of May to find out what was going on, which was basically uh, pushing the situation. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's Fre already happened. We're in June. Well, Friedman <laughs> – <laughs> Elliot Friedman's report right. is that uh, the Sabres have gone to the NHL to ask of what their rights are regarding, you know, telling Eichel that they don't want him to have the surgery. And, oh, Eichel, is, and Eichel has gone to the players' association. Right. Term. So right now they're at loggerheads because clearly Eichel wants to have this risky surgery to correct the, the, the neck problem. And the Sabres know that if he has that surgery, his value will be crap. Or will be out significantly less than it would if he just rehabilitated. I don't think it's about value. I don't think it's about his value. Well, I think that they can't get on the same page is alarming. It is. Yeah. It is alarming. It is. It's definitely like a chink in the armor of um. You know, yeah, this you is know. a Jared Cowan situation almost. Right. And Friedman and Friedman on Thirty One Thoughts said it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Sabers' answer to this situation is to potentially punt the situation to another team, meaning trade. Yeah, but which team is going to trade for Eichel, knowing he wants that I'm not surgery doing it. and give not, so much stuff for him? It's no hockey player has ever had that surgery. I'm not going to be the one that worries about what's going to happen see, with see, it. The, 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 the precedent here. Here is this is this is Pat Lafontaine part due, Russ. You know Lafontaine had the concussion issue. Yeah. He ended up getting a second round pick for him, which is nothing com you know compared to the player that he was. And how did he? And how did, what ended his career? His own yeah, player got, hit him. He got concussed with the Rangers. They knew yeah. he was his own player though. Was a little his, different. It wasn't yeah. from an opposing player hit. It was from his own player colliding with him. The one thing, the one thing different here is that you know I'm sure the Sabers have insurance on Eichel. So mm -hmm. if God forbid he has the surgery and something that ends his career or debilitates him in terms of his career, that they're covered. But he could come. No, no, back. they're not fully covered. It's like seventy-five percent. He could right, seventy-five or eighty percent. But he could come back and be a player, but just not be the player that he is now. And that's what they're worried about: him collecting ten million bucks and not being a star number one center i mean there's nothing they can do about that there's nope. nothing you can do that there's look kyle Ocposo proved yeah. there's nothing you can do about that like there yeah. that's going to be what's what it's going to be but if i'm right. an opposing general manager i am not going to trade for a player that now is going to have a risky surgery not doing it yeah it's 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 it's, it's a Interesting one. I mean, it's a really tough one. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I don't think they're concerned with him getting the surgery. I think it's more about the risk of the surgery than it is about his trade value being affected by the surgery. No, no I, I think it's the risk. And and again, if I am making a trade, 
then boy, everything's going to be conditional. But don't you think Eichel, like who is a really smart guy um, from a really smart family, like they, they've done the research on the surgery as well. Like, I, well, was- you, and that, and that's part, that's part of this here because Friedman went on to say it's clear there is a lack of trust between Eichel, yeah. his camp, and the Sabers. And honestly. Yeah. Based on the way the Sabers have operated their team over the last few years, that's deserved. I mean, they—they yeah. they, no, no, it is deserved. But, and I'm not saying this can't be successful surgery. But the idea is, you're only talking about two MMA guys as the test as the test guys for this surgery. You're not talking about any other players in any other sports that we know of that have had this exact surgery, and no hockey players act. So it's like, like just because guys in MMA have done it. It doesn't mean that it's going to work on Eichel, and you would like to see if another hockey player had it, could he get through a season or two seasons with it? And there's no, there's no testing on that. Nobody's done it. I mean, you would think that it would be this that 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 particular spot would be worse on an MMA person than a hockey player. Yeah, but you never know. Like it's just, it could be. But again, I don't know how those last two fights. MMA yeah, guys. I don't know. I mean, it's not like his ankles or anything like certain situations that are like really vital for hockey. I mean, I know the one guy says he feels great, right? But I mean, again, yeah. what if it's one of those things where it's like the doctor says, "Hey, you get this operation, and it's a fifty-fifty yeah. chance you'll be the same player you were before, and maybe a ninety percent chance you'll play hockey again." Like we don't know. We don't know what kind of odds they were giving these guys. We have no idea. But at the end of the day, I mean, human rights tell me that they can't stop Eichel from getting the surgery once, right? Yes, like, that's they like, can. Yes, they can. They could sue yeah. him. Well, isn't it in, in the players' uh, bar- collective no. bargaining agreement that the team has the to last word? To get a word. second opinion. To get a second yeah, that, yeah, that, that, opinion. Yeah, he can get like, a second opinion, but it doesn't feel like if it was the challenge in a Korean, If that was challenged in a court of law, that would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? I mean, like. Remember, the, the, the Jared Cowan situation in Toronto applies here. He had, a, does, but. he had a contract. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Leafs traded for him. They medically cleared him. They were intended to buy him out. You couldn't buy out a player who was injured or recovering. He went out independently and had surgery, and they're like, well, we're buying you out. And he says, no, 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 no way. And they, they, they grieved this. And in the end, Cowan did the surgery without the Leafs' permission. That was in violation of the contract, and they, and they were okay to buy him out. And he never Remember, if I go once, he could right. say, right. I'm opting out of my contract, and you're no longer on the hook for me, and I'm going to do the surgery. And he could do that, Eck, but he won't. Terminate my yeah. deal. Okay, you're going to give up $50 million. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. he's not going to do that. Yeah. He's going to have to yield to what the Sabres want. He is, um, but I wonder, you know, if he was to challenge this in court, if he would say like, "This is uh, this is this is this is basically unconstitutional to have this." That, if that, if he challenges it in court, he won't be playing next season. Heck, he entered. He, he, he entered into yeah. an agreement that you know that was collectively bargained by the players' association. So he, in a way, he gives up his individual rights. They've they've negotiated this exactly. <laughs> and if he was to go and do it on his own, he would be. You know, violating that collective right. bargaining ag- agreement, and the Sabres would be free to break the contract. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they would be free. Yeah, that's true. All right, interesting. All right, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Um, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the four-one victory tonight. Um, and um, <laughs> in which game is that? Anna says no. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We'll talk to you later. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.